Hello, everyone. Welcome to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm your host, Randy, on the mic. And on this show, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to everything crypto, NFTs, metaverse, and Web3. I am so delighted to introduce you to today's guest because there is only one woman who is at the forefront of everything tech and fashion for as long as I've known, and that is Rebecca Minkoff. Rebecca is an iconic fashion designer, author of Fearless, co-founder of Female Founders Collective, and just one of the most innovative and entrepreneurial people that I know. Rebecca, thank you for joining me. I am so excited to hear your voice, Randy, and be here with you today. I, You are one of my favorite guests that, that we have on our SiriusXM show. You always just bring so much thoughtful advice and wisdom, and you're always on the forefront of trying new things. So of course, you are on our top immediate list for, for the podcast. Uh, before we get into everything that you're doing, uh, one day we'll be having this pod- podcast in like a metaverse cafe, but today we're in the real world. So what would you be drinking in our metaverse cafe? You know, coffee is never going to get old for me, but <laughs> if if I could... If I could have all the disgusting ingredients that make you really healthy in a drink that tastes good, then I guess I'd be drinking that. Yes, that's a great idea. Maybe they'll make like coffee flavored uh, green juice one day or something <laughs> like that. Well, one one could dream. Um, so, Rebecca, you are up to so many amazing things. I, I can barely even keep track. Um, give us a lay of the land of what your life looks like these days. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? Um, (laughs) So we are full speed ahead with the brand, as everyone knows it, Accessible Luxury, mostly known for handbags, but we have all the accoutrements, clothes, shoes, et cetera. Uh, We entered into the metaverse, I guess, for the first time last September and have continued, you know, making Fashion Week kind of our uh, big moment to do fun things and experiments. Um, we're planning a new showroom, a whole new office. We're talking about retail for 2023. And, uh, I could give you so many more things. My podcast, my, you know, the female founder collective, I like to stay busy, I guess. It's amazing. And I, I just ordered several of your neon handbags, uh, from your, your summer collection, which are absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, um, I'd love to hear about Metaverse Fashion Week. I know you were so instrumental in pulling that off. And I mean, what was it like? Who attended? What did you do? Uh, what what happens in a Metaverse Fashion Week? I'm going to be real honest with you, Randy. <laughs> it was a weird experience because <laughs> these worlds are all so separate. Like New York Fashion Week, there is basically one hub. Yep. There's a calendar of events and the community is there. And I think Metaverse Fashion Week is still very new, but it's very much, you know, you had Sandbox and uh, other people doing it. And then the the person I partnered with was like, we don't need those. We're creating our own world. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, okay, cool. Guess we're going to have a fashion show in our own world. So to be honest, I have no idea who was there, but I know that what we did outside of Meta, Meta Fashion Week, like our own activation was very exciting and very positive for us. So we we released uh, four more digital garment NFTs along with two ancillary, um, you know, standalone goods 
on the dematerialized. We had an incredible uh, video that we produced, you know, really celebrating the collection and it sold extremely well. It's almost sold out to the piece. So that was what I was really excited about. And then we took part in some meta fashion week events. And that's what I'm referring to is like, don't know who was there. Don't know why anyone came, but uh, I'd say the other successful part of it was we did a partnership with Roblox uh, where they're one of their games, High Heel Obby. So we had over 40 million people play that game, which was wow. pretty spectacular. It's, you know, it's fun. I'm glad you talked about kind of both the the good and the weird, because it reminds me of, you know, a lot of big events, even at the forefront of Web 2, like even South by Southwest was like just for the geeks and the nerds in yes. those early years. And now it's like the, one of the cultural events of the year. So, you know, even though it's a little Metaverse Fashion Week might be a little awkward in kind of a stumbling toddler years right now, it's exciting to be at the beginning. Yeah, I think where it gets weird is, you know, it's one thing I think to create highly specialized, beautiful garments that I think have a purpose. I think where it gets weird for me is when you have like an avatar walking in a digital garment, you're like, I I don't need to see that, you know? So that's where I think the world still needs to make a lot of progress because I'd rather just frankly see it on a real human, you know, or an unreal engine and have it be so real that you think you're looking at a real human. Totally. I, I often say, I mean, the metaverse has to compete with the actual verse. And especially, you know, we we live in New York. It's a fun city. So like the metaverse has to do pretty well to compete with the excitement that's right outside our own doors. Um, but, you know, then you put yourself in the shoes of someone who's in a, in a very rural area or around the world where fashion is dictated by religion and culture and, and politics. And, um, and suddenly, you know, your fashion becomes accessible to them in this way, which can be really exciting. Totally. Yeah. And, and people want different experiences. And if they can't be there, you know, then why not have the virtual version? Totally. Okay. You mentioned High Heel Obby. So for those not familiar, can you talk a little bit about the game and, and what that was like working with Roblox? Yeah. So we uh, got introduced to Roblox through our partners at the Dematerialized. And they said, go with us here. It's an obstacle course and you compete in high heels. And I was like, okay. <laughs> let's That's do like it. My, my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> in the real life, it's something you and I would never do because I can barely walk in high heels just down a flat, a flat piece of gravel. Um, so we thought that we had these incredible in the real world, we had these incredible, very high heeled, almost like flame boots that we introduced in September. And we thought, well, of course she has to do the obstacle course in these thigh high, you know, flame (laughs) boots. And so you could go into the store, get the boots, do the obstacle course. And then we gave away about $5,000 with the prizes and two of the actual boots. So people were really excited to, to complete the game and and be a part of it. And it was so successful that, um, you know, the CMO of Roblox reached out and was like, Hey, can we partner with you? I was like, I was trying to get to you. I just didn't know how to, but I'm so glad you're emailing me now. So there's something bigger in works for September. I love that. That's so fun. And I feel like all someone needs to go do is come to like downtown New York on a, on a Friday or Saturday night and you like watch people in real life kind of navigating uh, New York in, in high heels and get, get inspiration for the game. Um, Rebecca, you have been at the forefront of tech and fashion for, you know, really ever since I met you. And this isn't just a gimmick. You're not just diving into the metaverse now. Can you remember what, like kind of the first tech integration you did and how people responded to it? 
Yeah, we there was a blog that had a forum and these women just talked about handbags all day long. That's all they did. And I made a username and I logged in. This is pre Facebook. This is pre pre everything. And I made, you know, username and I started talking to them because there was a whole section devoted to me and my bags. And at first they thought I was fake. And the owners were like, are you really the real person? And I just started talking to them and they were so excited that designer would do that. But we were met with such criticism. We had heads of department stores, editors and chiefs literally sitting us down like we were having a drug intervention. Like, <laughs> please don't talk to your customer. Please don't do this. We don't know if we can carry you if you talk to your customer. What? You need to be better than her. You need to be in an ivory tower. And I was, you know, my brother and I, my co-founder were like, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't feel right. And we don't have any money to buy ads in Vogue. So like, how are we going to get to our customer? So that was really, even though it's not so techie, that was kind of the first. And then we started using influencers, which no one was doing. They were like D-list celebrities. I'll never forget for a fashion show, we couldn't sit the bloggers in front of the editors because then the editors wouldn't take us seriously. So we always had to be strategic about where we place them. So they didn't have to look at like the low, the low life. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it's just it's amazing how much people are just scared of things they don't understand and and just how human reaction is just to tear things down that that are unfamiliar. It's we've just seen that over and over again. Um what was your kind of first crypto NFT aha moment? Personally like when I purchased or when we got into it. Yeah, either <clears throat> e either both. I think we pride we prided ourselves on being first to many things, whether it was wearables or stores, always kind of pushing boundaries. And so I was doing an interview for my book in March of 21. And the editor was like, why haven't you launched an NFT? And I was like, oh, shit. If she's asking me this question, I am behind already <laughs> and we got to get on it. And so that's when I was like, Ori, my brother, my co-founder, uh, dude, we got to do this. And he's like, uh, okay, what do you want to do? And so that was kind of the beginning. And then in September, we we launched the the full rollout. Mm. It's and I I was really excited to be there at Fashion Week to see the NFTs and everything that you did. So that was really really exciting uh, for anyone who's just joining us. I'm speaking with Rebecca Minkoff, founder of Rebecca Minkoff, iconic fashion designer, author of Fearless, and co-founder of Female Founders Collective. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. Um, so where, I mean, where do you think fashion is headed now? Where, what, what gets you excited? I think that we are an exciting time where, you know, up and coming designers have always struggled with capital. Um, and they're not necessarily going to go to a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or an iPhone women, even if they can't get capital. But if they're really talented and they are great at digital art, how amazing would it be to fundraise your first collection by selling NFTs? Mm -hmm. um, how great would it be if you're an established designer to offer incentives to people that they can't get unless they get an NFT? So you buy the NFT and you get access to the fashion show or a fitting or seeing me do a casting or the rehearsal that's going to take place. All these things that, you know, up till now are gated events. And so you have, you know, the art and you have the tradeability and you have the value sort of built in through utility. So I think that's extraordinarily exciting to me. Um, and then I also think it's a great way to, you know, if you are most fashion designers will show the season of, you know, the next season going forward. 
And we're going to be doing that again. And I think it's just another opportunity to like get this community who buys the goods before they've even launched. Um, and just a more secure sort of ecosystem can exist because of that. Mm, I love it. Okay. Talk to me about your book. It's so awesome. Uh, I read it in like one sitting, um, fearless, the new rules for unlocking creativity, courage, and success. What inspired you to write it? And, uh, maybe you can tell us one of the fun stories in it. Yeah, I was inspired to write it. This was pre COVID, uh, just because I felt like I had a lot of great learnings based on so much failure. And I think as entrepreneurs, you can get stuck. Like, am I the only one failing? Is it just me? Uh, am I going to keep failing forever? And so I sort of wanted to say, here, here are the rules that worked for me as an entrepreneur, as a founder. Uh, and then COVID hit and oh shit, let me retest all these rules because we went, you know, our business got cut by 70%. We essentially started over as a company. And so I had to apply the same things I did when I was 21. So, um, you know, one of the rules in, in the book is sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. It's sort of reframing the idea of failure. Um, and if you do fail, what's that learning opportunity? And I based that chapter on uh, a really pinnacle event where we were doing our first overseas factory. We had no quality control. And I was like, eh, these guys make for Tory Burch and Kate Spade. Who needs quality control? Well, you do, because a lot of the factory workers don't speak English and they put Kate Spade hardware on my bags. Wow. And then I didn't check the bags and we shipped, you know, thousands of bags. And I got this nickname online from my loyal, my loyal uh, forum followers called Quebec Spankoff, which is not as sexy as Benefer, Randy, let me tell you. <laughs> so that was fun. That was fun to have the department sort of like call me and say, uh, we didn't know that you and Kate Spade did a collaboration. <laughs> you're like, you're like, ooh, pivot, pivot. You know? I was like, congratulations, everybody. This is Willy Wonka. And if you get the magic <laughs> ticket, you get a free bag. <laughs> That's what I did with that moment. <laughs> I mean, if anyone can spin a moment like that, it's you. That's a, it's just such a great story of, of resilience and entrepreneurship. And we've all been there. Um, uh, talk to me about the Female Founders Collective and everything that you're doing there. So I really launched that out of a frustration, uh, hearing people like you and me or being on a panel, we're all talking about the wage gap and the inequality. And by 2100, maybe we'll make it. But I just didn't feel like all this conversation was changing anything. And so I thought to myself, how can we affect the most women uh, at once? And to me, that was through educating, supporting female founders. If we can help them get off the ground and succeed and make it, then they have just a much higher chance of becoming successful, hiring more women, giving back to the community, which we know women inherently do. And, and so I launched it uh, and I brought in a co-founder, Ali Wyatt in 2018, and we've grown to over 16,000 members. We have daily and weekly webinars about all the unsexy of business. There's no how to take a selfie or your perfect grid. It's really just the down and dirty stuff taught to you by women that have lived and breathed it. So on a given webinar, you know, we could be hearing from the likes of you to, uh, you know, these luminaries in business, Michelle Cordio Grant from Lively, Michelle Reeves, like just amazing women that can really teach these women how to be successful. 
Funny you should say that because I'm actually recording one in just a few hours from now. So I'm uh, I'm really delighted to um, to engage with the community in that way. Um, Rebecca, you mentioned. Uh, fundraising collections by selling NFTs. And I just want to go back to that for a second because I, I took a note on that. It was so exciting to me. I mean, you've you've been at the forefront of, of helping a lot of other women start their brands and investing. Do you think that women might start to bypass traditional ways of getting financing by using crypto and NFTs? I for sure hope they do. There's nothing wrong with traditional financing and capital, but most people don't realize that it comes with a lot of strings, a lot of stress, and a lot of unexpected pressure. Um, And so I think if you can bypass that and literally fund your collections, build community at the same time, which traditional capital doesn't do, uh, it's, it's, it's just an incredible way to think with pre-selling collections or raising to produce collections. Mm. Um, And I think you're building, uh, you know, a base that is engaged and wants its worth. They have a, they have a definite stake in it because they're like, I bought this thing. This needs to be valuable, right? If I want to resell it. So how do I make sure this person is a success? Totally. All right. So in our final (laughs) moments together, I want to hear about what would be in your ideal metaverse closet. Like if we peeked into your avatar wardrobe in the metaverse, what what is she wearing? I think she's wearing everything that I can't wear in real life. So <laughs> I have a very large chest and a square, a SpongeBob SquarePants waist. So I would have my closet be filled with like Alaya, uh, oversized like suits with mm. pleats on the trousers. I would have, you know, I'd show my stomach in the metaverse. I mean, Gosh, all the things that I can't do in the real world. Well, I think, I mean, for, for like where <laughs> you, you're looking pretty good. I was like mom of four and everything like you're, you're rocking it in the real world. Also, I have oh, to say mom of three, mom of three. Don't, don't, Ma- don't rush it. Mom of three. Okay. Sorry. Mom, mom of three. Sorry. I, uh, I lost track with my own children. <laughs> um, I, yes, I, I mean, you really are like, so such an amazing inspiration. And um, I've been so impressed by just how on the forefront of everything you are. Um, do you think all fashion brands will have a metaverse presence in the future or, or is it too early to tell? I mean, I think in the way that we all have a website and an Instagram, I think we all will. Will it all be the same? No, there's going to be a different flavor to what everyone does. Um, but I do think it, it will be critical as much as so many people don't want to be like, oh my God, another platform, another thing I got to download discord and how do I even use it? Like it's gonna, everyone's going to have to do it. It'll just show up in different ways. For sure. Well, Rebecca, what's next on the horizon to get excited about with you and where can people connect with you? They can connect with me on Instagram for the most part. Uh, I do check and read all the DMs. Um, and what's next for us? Oh, man, uh, we're doing some a fun announcement during NFT NYC. So uh, stay tuned. I love it. 
And uh, I guess, you know, sorry about the the faux pas with the kids, but I uh, went oh, to, don't worry. you know, once don't you worry, have, it's on my mind, like once you have three kids, you might as well have like seven, honestly. I think so. I, I would be fine adding a fourth to, and, the, to the tribe. And you have beautiful, beautiful children. So maybe I was just wishing it into the, into the universe. Into the world. I'll keep, I'll let you know if it worked. Yes. But for now, <laughs> NFTs, metaverse can be our baby. Rebecca, you are truly the best. I just, I always love love chatting with you. I learned so much. I get so creatively inspired every time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks for having me, Randy. That was Rebecca Minkoff, founder of Rebecca Minkoff, iconic fashion designer, author of Fearless, and co-founder of Female Founders Collective. Tune in next week for a brand new episode.